Welcome back to Let's Talk. This is episode four with Darren Miller. Today, I'm going to be joined with my good friend, Pastor TJ McConaughey from Washington State. We're going to be talking about our identity in Christ and how an understanding of our identity is very pivotal to the Christian walk and how little things, even good things, can challenge that identity. Hey guys, this is Darren Miller. Thank you for joining in once again. This is Let's Talk episode four. And today we're going to be joined by a buddy of mine. His name is TJ McConaughey. He is a pastor out of Washington, I believe. (laughs) I could have had that wrong. I met him in Israel, so it's fair to not know for sure. Uh, And we're going to be talking about identity. So I'm going to bring TJ on here real quick. TJ, how, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm I'm happy to be on your show, man. And uh, to be on the fourth show, I just want to say, what took you so long? I mean, like, you know, I just, uh, it, it, I, I'm usually the first person on everybody's show. I don't know if you heard that about me, but I'm like, uh, I'm a pretty big deal. So, well, you know, all, all that Skyrim playing, you know, it just caught me <laughs> off guard and wasn't wasn't thinking yeah. right. No, That's right, but uh, hey. Thank you for being on the show today, man. It's uh, it's a pleasure to see you again. Uh, so, TJ, you you are in Washington, is that correct? I am. I'm Washington State. You always gotta let people know that I'm I'm, I'm not in Washington D.C. I'm in Washington State. I, I live a boat ride from Seattle, um, Navy town called Bremerton. Um, if anybody who's ever been in the Navy, they know exactly where I'm, where I live. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm a youth pastor here, uh, pastor student ministries. I've been a youth pastor for 13 years. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, TJ, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you're a youth pastor there. Uh, did you say? I'm sorry. Did I catch it? The name of your church there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the name of our church is Grace Point Church. Um, yeah, we're in Bremerton and uh, non-denominational church. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how, how long have you? Been, how long have you been pastoring, TJ? Uh, I've been I've been in the pastor for 13 years and I've uh, yeah I I've been to been been a pastor of three churches since then so uh, 13 years yeah awesome awesome well so guys I met TJ actually in Israel we had this uh, this crazy shared experience that's mm-hmm. almost too good to be true where we were on what's called an influencer trip which I don't know why the heck I was there. Um, I have a hard time influencing myself to do things, but nonetheless, we had a we had a two basically two week trip to Israel. We got to walk through the Holy Lands with a, an amazing group of people. We even met an American Ninja Warrior who's super cool, Daniel Gill. You should look him up. And uh, you know, during that time, TJ and I got to talk at several several occasions, and I got to just hear his heart. Um, great guy. Really wish he lived a little bit closer. And during that time, I was asking him, "Well, hey, hey you know, how'd you get on this trip? What's your background?" And he told me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that basically he got TikTok famous. Is that is that the right phrase? I don't know if I got TikTok famous. I had a I had a moment. I have I've had a couple moments on TikTok. Okay. Um, and, uh, this is you know I, I jumped on TikTok a little bit earlier than a lot of other people were jumping on TikTok, um, mostly because I'm a youth pastor and uh, I'm surrounded by youth workers and young people who like. Hey, this is a thing. You should try it, and uh, and I did. So the story behind it, and I'll try to get through this quick, is I uh, I've been a youth pastor for a long time. I sort of realized that a lot of my students, you know, they're busy, and they would have whole seasons where 
they couldn't make it to youth group or church or any of that stuff. And so they, you know, they just, they wanted to be there. Um, they just couldn't. And so I thought, well, how do we get to them? How do we, in this world, how do we go to them? And I live in a state where it's, it's increasingly hard, harder to kind of get on campuses. I mean, that was like 10 years ago, that was a little easier, but now it's not as, yeah. as easy anymore. In fact, the town that I live in, Bremerton, Washington, uh, we had a, a coach who got fired for praying with his players before a football game. And it was a national story. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And that happened right here, um, Bremerton High School. Oh, I, I remember that story. I remember yeah, reading yeah. that. Yeah. And so, wow. and so that's, the land, that's the land that I live in, right? And so they're, you know, how do I reach students who aren't coming to youth group for seasons because they got some travel sports or they're in a play or, or they're, you know, out, gone for whatever reason. And so I decided I was going to jump on Snapchat. The original idea was Snapchat, um, which is where the students were at that point a couple of years ago. And I would just make these stupid videos. I didn't even understand. I don't, I still don't understand Snapchat. Right. Um, but uh, I would just jump on there and I would just give them the Snapchat would thing would give me about one minute to say what I wanted to say. And so I just send them little devotionals um, in video form and, uh, and they started sharing them with their friends. Like I didn't realize that, like I thought Snapchat was like you sent it to one person, but apparently they can record it and all this other stuff. So they started sending them to their friends and then this crazy thing started happening where uh, students would show up at youth group and they'd be like, Hey, I saw your video. And I'm like, I, I, I wasn't thinking of myself as like a content creator at that point. I'm like, what video? <laughs> like, like, wait, wait, what? You know, I, I don't think I did a hit and run or anything like that, but uh, maybe I did. And, uh, and said, so, no, uh, you know, Josh sent me this video of you uh, and I, and I wanted to come and check this out. And so I was like, Oh, there's something here. Um, so then I branded it one minute message, um, and, uh, started sending them out. And then a kid said, Hey, we should try TikTok." And I threw it up on TikTok. Actually, before that, I threw it up on Reddit, um, a YouTube on Reddit. And it like went, it went like, uh, to the front page of the Christianity from uh, subreddit there. So like, wow. there's this little like moment, like, Whoa, this is, people are really enjoying these little, these little things. And these weren't great videos. I didn't even think they're like, I've seen them now and they feel so cringy to me now. Like, like the ones I was making <laughs> early on, uh, I was just making them with my phone and I was being goofy and just, you know, it was, it was just, it was freeing, but I, I didn't think they were all that great, but people were really responding to them. And I realized, Oh, there's something here. There's something really special here. Uh, so I uh, jumped on TikTok uh, at the advice of one of, uh, one of the youth pastors that I know um, from college and, uh, and a couple students and, the first video I put on there got 70 views. <laughs> wow. like, like, 70,000 views. 70,000 views. Wow. I mean, again, and I feel terrible about that now because those videos were bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, uh, so then at this point, the, the other piece about me, and then I was talking about this before with other people, is I actually do video work on the side. I, um, videography, I've been doing it for 15 years, did it to help pay for college. Um, do wedding videography, but that wasn't like combined with this idea yet, because this idea was, I need to do this real quick. This is with my phone. I'm just going to throw this out there. And then when I realized, oh, there's something here, I decided, okay, now I'm going to take this version of professionality and kind of add to it and yeah, really refine. Up, yeah, really refine the production value of it and started really putting out some videos that I'm, I'm like a, a lot more proud of now. Um, and, uh, one minute message became kind of a, a moment. Um, and before I knew it, like I had a couple of videos with, with, with 250,000 views. Um, uh, all of a sudden, um, by the time, uh, by the time 
fall rolled around last year. I was, I was on the edge of 15,000 followers. Um, by the time I met you in Israel, I got invited to an influencer trip because of these TikTok videos. Um, and by that point I was at 20,000 followers and, uh, and, uh, as of recently 26,000 followers. So, uh, and then on Instagram, I've been chug chugging away. I almost have 5,000 followers over there. And so wow. it, it became this sort of thing that, that I didn't plan on happening, but did happen. Um, so that's, that's how I met you was, uh, I was being called an influencer and I was getting wined and dined in the Holy land. And, uh, and, but that's not the reason we're talking today. We're actually talking uh, about some other stuff, but I'll, I'll let you kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, that's great that. though, because now everybody has been wondering, you know, how do I get ahead of the game for one, talk to kids and for two, make videos and then we can all go to Israel together. That's what I got out of that. That's um, right. <laughs> no, so so I, I read a, a Facebook post from you just recently. I, I don't know that we've really talked since Israel, which is unfortunate, um, mm. but we are far away. And is it okay if I actually just read this Facebook post? Absolutely. Okay, so this is what I saw on Facebook, and I, I read this, and I'm like, man, this is in some ways – can almost could almost be you know a tragedy considering the context but in, to me it was really like man this is amazing this is this is great because not because of the situation but because of what the lord was doing and just the beauty of who god is and, and restoring our hearts and, and just creating messages out of our lives and so this is what it said and if y'all you know you can look up tj mcconaughey and you'll find him on facebook you should follow him but it says tiktok is probably getting banned which was news to me by the way Saying goodbye to my 26,000 followers on TikTok is, TikTok is sad, but truthfully, a relief. It is true that the app gave me something, some pretty cool moments. It made my one-minute message project viral, or project viral, turned my name into somebody for a minute, and scored me a trip to Israel as an influencer. But here's, here's kind of the kickoff here, but it also changed me and my motivations along the way. Instead of finding my identity in Christ, I kept losing it in views, likes, and shares. I have cared too much about cranking out content and too little about creating something true and worthy and honest. Which, by the way, that sentence right there blessed me so much. True and worthy and honest. I created at least three videos on the idea of holy rest and then stayed up restless nights counting all the online engagements. My 15 minutes of fame felt more like hitting a small slot machine jackpot than a Billy Graham crusade. So to anyone who follows me, I hope you easily forget my name and find yourself in Jesus' name. If I ever get to speak to that many souls again, I hope his glory is in my voice. His word is my hope and his heart is my heart. Man, that is that is a beautiful, beautiful message, and it just shows how how pure your heart for the Lord is. I, I love that, but uh, I wanted to to ask you. So, so what we're talking about today is identity, and actually, if we'll just take a pause, maybe we should jump into that for a second. And so, when we're talking about identity from a, a Christian standpoint, um, what what does that even mean? How should people listening to this 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 uh, podcast, you know, what on a very basic level, what do you think their idea of their identity in Christ should be? What would you say to that? To be a Christian is to submit your identity to Christ. That is what being a Christian is. Um, there's, this is the fight right now in our culture is that identity 
is everything that everyone's trying to get to, but nobody knows what it is. And it's the same thing as love, right? Like everyone has an idea that they want it, but no one really knows what it is. And uh, for Christians, we're told um, that Christ calls us to be him and to abide in him and to abide in him so much that we're willing to walk through suffering because that's who he was. And so for me, when I, when I, when I think about this identity idea um, and I, and I see even Christians out there who are still, you know, having posts out there about like, what's my identity and all that stuff. And, and, and we're having these identity crises. I think it's, this is a very hard truth to live out, but it's a very simple thing to understand. And that is we forfeit our identity to Christ the day we start following Jesus, that we are found in him and he gets to dictate who we are back to us um, as we continue our, our, our pursuit of him. And so for me, anytime that I've lost myself, it's because I have not found my identity in Christ. I have not been centered in who he is and I've become more about who I am or who I'm becoming or what I want to become. And um, to say goodbye to fame, whatever, you know, fame in in this sense, I don't even know what that means right now. Um, (laughs) But uh, in order to follow Jesus, of course, that's a, a fair exchange because Jesus yeah. is everything. Like, like the idea here is that He holds eternity, and 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 will we forfeit that for how many followers we can find online? I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose something that's so precious in order in order to pursue something that's so temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for me, uh, and for anyone listening to this podcast, I would say this: is that if you're having a hard time with who you are then focus on who he is and let him speak to you about who he created you to be. Because that's a better question than searching yourself to find yourself because you'll find yourself in the end, but it will be lonely. And uh, in my pursuit of that, in this little moment of, again, there were some cool moments along the way. I don't know if I'm completely done with this, this thing, but right now I'm just soaking up rest and I am pausing because I need to find myself in Christ before I lose myself in self. And, uh, and so the pursuit of identity is not identifying yourself. It's, identi- it's identifying who the Savior is. That's good. That's good. I, I just put up a little prayer prompt here for some people. Um, I think that's, a, that's very needed for a lot of people to just pray, Lord, who, who did you make me to be? And I love what you're talking about, because I know for me, you know, I was saved at a really young age, but I, I didn't know the scriptures. I, I wasn't discipled. I didn't have an understanding of my identity in Christ like you're talking about. Um, and so, you know, I did so many things. And I remember 16, 17, 18, like, man, I was switching jobs every six to nine months. I just, well, I could do this or I could do this. You know, I was a car salesman. I was trying to be a professional fighter. You know, I, I was just doing I, I was a 19 year old school bus driver for a while. You know, I've done a little bit of everything. And I just, nothing fulfilled me. There was just always, you know, and even, even before where I was living a life that was really contrary to the Lord. And I was around people living lives contrary to the Lord who didn't honor the Lord. And, you know, I had this idea of reputation. So I had this kind of this, this makeshift identity of who I was in my own mind. 
and uh, you know, all the dreams, the passions, the ideas, you know, all those things always left me very empty, very, very empty. And when I came to a point where I, where I really repented and said, Lord, like I need you. And there was a surrender as the Lord started to call me deeper into his kingdom. Um, I had a lot let go of a lot of things, a lot of things I identified of myself, even like I mentioned, the, the idea of being a professional fighter, that was my dream. I mean, absolute dream was to step inside of the octagon and fight and to, you know, um, that's what I wanted to do with my life. And following Jesus meant for me laying that down. But the most beautiful, amazing thing happened that when I, when I asked for his help, because I couldn't, I couldn't lay it down on my own. He took the desire away from me. But then as I started walking in his ways, and as I now know, like as a pastor, like, man, this is what God made me for. Like mm -hmm. not a doubt in my mind, not a day ever goes by where I'm like, well, I wonder if I should do something else. Uh, I, I am completely fulfilled and blessed in this image of who Jesus is and his life living through me. And that's so important for Christians to understand. And even on the other side of, okay, maybe I didn't know, but even on the other side of in ministry, I think like what you're talking about, so easy for us to, to, you know, kind of get lured, kind of get, uh, what's the word groomed or not groomed, but <laughs> I don't know, you know, we get swept off our feet by ideas of lights and cameras and follows and, and especially in a social media, you know, world where everything is this and this, and this people are sharing this and this person went viral. And, you know, that, that picture of, of worth or that idea of worth can very easily and very falsely be found and how many people know you or how many people follow you. And I think that's a very destructive thing. Um, and I think a big, a big part of why I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today is, well, let me read this. This is uh, Colossians 2, 16, and I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so I, I think about that and, and being told like, hey, let the word of God be in you for the sake of teaching and admonishing for um, doing all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you were doing that on your TikTok platform. I mean, you are using a platform to promote the name of Jesus. And so there's nothing in essence that you were doing that was wrong, that was, uh, you know, against your calling or, or anything that in of itself would really put you in a, in a bad place. In fact, I think leveraging the skills and the opportunities we have for Christ is, is part of the Christian walk. Um, however, it's again, there's there's a very fine line sometimes in between doing and just being, you know, there's a very fine line in kind of our perspective of ourselves and our activities and, and how they can kind of shape up, shape us and form us. And I think a, a good word to attach a little key word to attach to identity would maybe be motive. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, in your post here, mm -hmm. I have cared too much about cranking out content and too little bit about creating something true, worthy, and honest. Um, 
and it said before that, let's see, but it also changed me and my motivations along the way. So could you, could you speak into that for a second about that, just yeah. that kind of slow change of, of motive? Mm-hmm. Um, there's an excitement that happens when something is being viewed by a lot of people. Um, there's a, there's a place you go in your soul that maybe you've said something that's worth other people listening to. And really it is a sacred place when people are listening. Um, I always mm. think that's true. Uh, um, that's why when, you know, I ever get a chance to speak, uh, to big audiences, um, which God's given me a couple times in my life, I've always had reverence towards that position, towards that place. And I've always been very thankful for that. Um, the, the problem happens when we change why we're there, uh, mm in our hearts. Now that's, that's a very abstract thing to say. And so I'm going to need to unpack that a second. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I, I tell the story to my youth group, so I'll tell it to you guys. Um, it's this, I, I have this friend named Steve. Um, he's my best friend, he's been my best friend from since, uh, high school. Um, I have like four best friends cause I'm an Enneagram seven and I have lots of, lots of people who have been there for me along the way. But this, uh, this guy has been there for me for a long time. And when we were in high school, what we used to do is we used to go out in the forest and burn stuff, right? That was our whole thing. And we lived in the Pacific Northwest uh, right next to a rainforest. So lucky for us, nothing would ever catch on fire because it's just too dang wet. Um, but uh, that meant that we could get some big old fires going um, at really little cost. And so we, we would go to the, this is, don't do this, but uh, we would go to the store and we'd find, things that said highly flammable and we'd see how highly flammable they actually were. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember one night my friend, Steve, uh, he, he was being really funny and he, he built this huge fire up and uh, he, t- he's, he's like, he's redheaded. He's five foot three. He's a short dude, but he was a, he was a killer wrestler. You know, if you're, if you have a background in like uh, fighting, like you just said, he did, you know, those little guys, they can be really, really challenging. And he was a, he was a really great wrestler. Um, and he takes, so he's, he's this little fiery redheaded short dude. And uh, he takes off his shirt and he starts waving around and dancing around the fire. And he starts screaming, look what I have created. Look at what I have created, you know, and the fire's right there before him. And every time I think about pride, I think about that and how foolish, oh, wow. and how funny Steve was in that moment. But that's what happened in my mind. I, I it wasn't a joke. I, I was look at what I have created. Look at what I am. Look who I look what I did. Um, and uh, I wasn't laughing at that anymore. But I was believing it. I was I was sniffing mm. my own bone. And um, uh, in that way, I I had. Uh, taking something that was good that God had given me and I had pretended for a moment. Um, and that's where my motivation changed, um, that it was about me or something I said, or that I had something in something incredibly valuable in me that the world needed. Um, and, uh, the truth about that is, is the only thing that's valuable in me, uh, is the things that lead people to eternity. And that means that, uh, the only thing that's valuable that's that's actually a value in me is Jesus Himself, which is the mm-hmm. most valuable thing ever. Um, and that's again when you when when I say that to people, they think that I have some sort of low self esteem or that there's a problem here. I mean, I always I, I it, there's people who are like tempted, like, hey man, you're better than that. And like, I, I'm, I'm, it's not that I have a low self esteem. The problem is I have too high of a self esteem sometimes, and I have to check that. 
Um, yeah. Repentance is not something that we are supposed to do every once every 10 years to reconnect with God. Repentance is an everyday act. You get up and you say, where am I not going towards Jesus and point me towards Jesus. And so for me to look at myself and say, I'm making this about me and I don't think God's mm-hmm. going to bless it. And to stop and to pause and to refocus um, is a valuable thing for all of us to do. And and here's the thing is, uh, there's this temptation in me because I've been paused on my platforms for the last month, I think the last six weeks. Um, and, you know, I see my, my uh, followers going down and all that stuff. And I wonder, you know, am I just going to pause and then this moment's going to pass me by? But even that is a false sense that I'm in control of something. I'm not. Here's the thing is, if God wants to make it so that I talk to 10 people for the rest of my life, that's what I will do. If God wants to make it so that I talk to a million people like Luis Palau or Billy Graham or or some of those guys have gotten to do, then he's going to do that anyway. And he doesn't need my name attached to it. Right. Um, so, so for me, it's, it's, it's not about um, the fact that I was doing something that was inherently wrong. It was I was doing something in my name and pretending like it was in Jesus's name. Um, right. And if you, if you go back and you look at my early one minute messages, I introduced them all like this. I said, hi, my name is TJ McConaughey and this is a one minute message. And then I would do my one minute message. And I was convicted about that halfway through the project. I was like, why am I putting my name out there like this? What do I need people to know who I am? Um, and, uh, and so I stopped doing that. And that was the first check along the way that led me to where I am right now, where I'm on this I call it a holy pause. I'm just paused. And, and until God says, hey, I need you to do this again, or hey, God doesn't need me to do anything, until, until God says, I want you to do this again, I don't feel necessarily the need to do it yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and and uh, the, the podcast uh, that I did last week with my buddy Chris Daniel talking about him coming into an understanding of what does it mean to walk in the spirit, right? And those things are, are, are so closely tied together. One of the things he says is, is Christians often make the mistake of thinking that they need to live like Jesus, when in our reality, what Christians need to do is die so that Jesus can live through them, you know? Um, and there's this aspect of just being content, I think, in who we are and who God has made us to be in the opportunities that God presents to us. Yeah. And like you said already, really, it's, you know, the Lord is going to determine your audience. He's going to determine your success. Jesus says, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear fruit and your fruit will remain. And so, you know, bearing fruit is really just a, a natural byproduct of abiding. And if we're not bearing fruit on another end, well, we can say, okay, well, where, how are we not abiding? But, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is in charge uh, completely. And to understand that our identity is in Christ and not in ourselves means that we can, with peace and confidence, give up any idea of of building our own kingdom. And and I think there can easily be a shift. And I know for me, it's an always, like you said, repentance on a daily basis. Okay, like checking my own heart, Lord, what are my motives? What are my desires? You know, what am I doing this for? And when I talked to you a week ago and invited you to to be on the show, you know, it was just, I was, I was so encouraged by your message. Because what I love more than anything is, is being in a room with people, sitting down on the couch with someone, seeing them face to face and speaking to them. And obviously, you know, I would, I would love to have a larger, a larger sphere of influence so that I can preach the gospel, so I can declare the word of God, so that people's hearts can be turned. 
but I'm also, uh, let's say, I'm not stupid enough to to think that there's not going to be the temptation or, or yeah. just just that slow kind of unnoticed fade off to, you know, building my own name, my own king. And, you know, all of us have to fade. It doesn't matter if you're selling cars or if you're a pastor, you know, there there is that temptation and that desire wherever we are. And so to understand that we're first in Christ and Christ alone, and we have to die so his life can live. There, there should be a confidence, you know, a contentment in that. And I know, you know, I, I was on a holy pause for like, gosh, six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about six months, about a uh, two years ago. I came out of it around this time, two years ago. And the Lord was telling me, in my own words, to sit down and shut up. You know what I mean? And it was like, I had created all these things, and I had all this stuff worked out. And I had all these plans figured out. And then right as it was coming to a peak and we were about to really just, it's like everything crumbled. And I was stuck at this place like, man, like, what do I do? You know, do I just, do I just start over? I mean, do I just do this all over? Did I do something wrong? Do I need to walk away? Do I need to do something else? And I didn't have the answer and I was afraid of, of trying to produce an answer. And so as I prayed, I kept hearing the Lord just to say, wait rest, wait, mm-hmm. rest. And for six months, uh, I was in this phase and I would even try to, well, I need to be doing this and I need to be sharing the gospel more. And it would just, it would just be an empty work. And I would say, Lord, why isn't this working? What do you want me to do? And he would say, I already told you, I told you to rest. Yeah, yeah. And it was really hard for me to be okay with the fact that God really didn't want me doing something. Um, and I think resting and waiting and trust, just trusting God um, is actually the bigger trial than, you know, running and working and doing that. There's there's this control aspect, this self kind of this self fulfillment in the flesh rather than the spirit that comes from. Well, look at all my hard work. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of that pause, the Lord told me I was coming out of that rest season into a season of fruitfulness and it, and it launched into one of the greatest seasons of ministry, you know, in my life. And um, I, my view of this walking in the spirit and trust, and just all of these things were completely transformed in a time of sitting around and doing nothing and just realizing that, you know, is that okay? Am I content in Christ? Is that where my joy, my peace, and my fulfillment comes from? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, when you're talking about all that stuff and just kind of sharing your story, I realize that, you know, all of us ministers have this very similar metaphor to us. And uh, I think of it like I think of a surfer. That's what I think of uh, when I think of uh, the way we are as ministers, um, surfing a surfer. I, I, I'm not, I, I, I surf behind boats. Like I, I wake surf. <laughs> but uh, when you've actually seen a real surfer, uh, it's an incredible thing to watch. They 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 they, they paddle out there, and they wait, uh, and they aren't they're they're in this sport where they're completely connected to something that they have no control over, and that is the mm-hmm. wave. Um, all they can do is be skilled, be in the right position, um, not not ride the bad waves, be discerning, and then when the right wave comes. They just got to execute. They got to be ready and, and go. And uh, for me, uh, I I think about that when I think about what it is to be a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that 
you know, we don't control the movements of God. We don't. We don't control the Holy Spirit to call ourselves. We don't go around dishing out Holy Spirit to everyone and everyone gobbles up. Our, our job is literally just to ride the waves that God sends our way. And it's completely temporary every time it happens. Sometimes we ride bad waves. Uh, sometimes we crash. And then sometimes we catch the perfect scene most fulfilling wave, we barrel it up, we come out the other side, we ride it to the shore and it's amazing, right? We have that feeling. And every single minister I know knows exactly what I'm talking about. That moment when you've just, you've just found revival in the midst mm -hmm. of whatever work you're doing in and people are coming to the Lord, things are easy, you preach and God moves mountains, you know, um, things are, you know, you ask for this money for this building project and it just happens. And, and, and that is what keeps us all going. We all love those moments, but in order for those moments to happen, we have to get in position. We have to be skilled and we have to wait for God to move the water. We have to wait for God to, to, to move us. And so I, I think about it like that, man, I think, uh, you know, there's so many people I know who have had plenty of skill. They didn't catch the right wave. Um, there's there's so many people I know who, when the right wave came, they chose not to ride it. Uh, there's so many people who I know who got up and crashed. And for me right now, this is me saying, I need to wait. I need to wait for the next wave or maybe the one after that because I'm not in right position yet. And uh, and so that's kind of what I'm I'm, I'm doing right now. And that's kind of that's kind of who who I am. Um, the other piece of this that I think is really cool. I mean, and I'm a youth pastor, so I can go on with analogies and illustrations and metaphors for years. You can ask my my students. Um, but uh, the other piece of this that I always see too is when you see surfers uh, when when it's when it's going right. You know, the, the pro ones they know how hard it is to get the right wave, and when their oh, buddy yeah. catches the right wave, they are so stoked for their friend. They are so stoked for that moment of that happening. And, uh, and it's weird. They are in competition with each other, but when you see the pros out there, it doesn't seem like they hate each other. It seems like that if a guy gets the right wave, they're all so incredibly stoked for him. And I think that's, that's kind of when things are right, that's what's happening. But when things are wrong, this other picture happens. Again, I'm going to take this illustration to the umph degree, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is the last place. This is the last place I'm going to go with the surfing, and then we can we can move on to other things. But um, there's this other thing that I see sometimes on the internet where there's too many people trying to ride the same wave, and they're getting in each other's way, and they're all frustrated with each other, and uh, everybody's trying to get on this thing, and they're running each other over. And I think sometimes, as Christians, especially in this new medium of video and online services and everybody i feel like it's such a crowded place and mm. everybody's motivated by the same crazy thought that oh maybe i will catch that wave and nobody's catching waves because we're all getting in each other's way and we're all frustrated by the mm. other people who are in that other place and uh i think that's a that's a mindset that there's not enough waves to go around, that there's not enough beaches for us to surf. And, and I think that that's, that's sometimes wrong. And uh, I, I saw a little bit on TikTok. I saw, you know, like just all these influencers popping up and then I don't begrudge them. They're doing good work and all that other stuff. But I realized that, you know, maybe I could back off on this one and 
TikTok will still be serviced by uh, other Christians and that uh, it doesn't need to be me riding the wave. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord, man. Yeah, no, that's great. In our reality, you know, it's, it's especially if we're already surfing, man, and we're already having a good time, you know, there's so many people left out there on the shore who don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And if we were just loving, like Jesus called us to love, and if we were just focused on helping others instead of ourselves, you know, Philippians two twenty one, the Lord was giving me for about a, a month or so in, in, a, in, a, in a group of mine and just showing me people's hearts basically says that, uh, each person is not in, is interested in their own interests, you know, their own concerns rather than the interest of Christ. And that is so prevalent. And, it, and again, it can, it's not always some malicious, you know, prideful self-focus, you know, like, like that's their personality, but it can just come on so subtly. And so, um, you know, you don't even know what's happening really. By the way, my buddy, Jason Barley said, <laughs> okay, that surfing deal was fire. You know, uh, <laughs> Courtney, uh, Dingham, 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 Dingham. I don't know how to say that. I don't want to mess up your name. I probably already did. She said, good thoughts, TJ. So, um, by the way, our comments and questions are live. We can see them. So please join the conversation. It's called let's talk for a reason. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're, we're all in this together and there's a, there's a pastor here in Kerrville. His name is Matt Melton. And when I first met him, I really, I really appreciated him because every time I would see him, we didn't do a whole lot together. We, we had some times I'd go to his Bible study and we would talk about people that we were both ministering to and just different things. But every time I saw him, he'd say, well, hey, man, we're all on the same team. You know, I'd say mm -hmm. something, well, yeah, man, we're all on the same team. Or, hey, man, yeah, we're all on the same team. And every time, and, and uh, <laughs> that was just so encouraging to me and such a good reminder that this is about the Lord, right? There, there's, there's one God, one mm -hmm. Savior, one baptism, one spirit, one kingdom, and and we're just servants of that king. And when the Lord blesses something, he does, you know, and I love in First Corinthians 3, it says basically like, hey, you can water, you know, I, I can, I can sow, but only God gives the increase. And yeah. if we, if we can remember that, then, you know, God can, and will, God can do anything, he's going to do what pleases him and probably the most fundamental one of the most fundamental things to our personal walks um is the scripture saying that god gives grace to the humble mm -hmm. but that he opposes or he resists the proud you know and that's just such a a, a, a core aspect to to our being that those are really the only two options for us pride or humility you know, um, and it's, that's like you said, this isn't a once a, once a year, once every 10 years check. This is a day to day, godly moment to moment conversation, to conversation, heart check on who am I serving? How am I loving? And even with something that you were doing, man, what you were doing is amazing, TJ. And by the way, if y'all guys look up TJ McConaughey, go find his one minute messages, dude, they're really freaking good. Okay. They're really good. And, um, it's, and it's a blessing you know, to have those out there. But, but there's, I think for a lot of people, what I see is an anxiety almost that they get in what they're doing, even in ministry, ministry, man, and you've probably seen this, you've probably experienced it, you know, uh, ministry can actually be a really ugly thing if mm -hmm. it becomes a thing, you know, and I think more important than anything is what has really blessed me is 
I know the calling God has given me. You know, it took me a little while to figure that out, but I know what that is now. And so I know that as long as I'm doing that, it's going to be blessed. And then all of these good opportunities that come to me, if they're not in line with God has called me to do the identity God has given me, I can, I can say no and not feel, not, not feel bad about it. Cause that's just, that's a great work. It's just for somebody else, you know, and I know how God uses me. And so I was talking to a a buddy of mine, actually a mutual friend of mine about, about ministry, David Martin. We were, we were talking yesterday on the phone and, you know, just talking about, even if I was doing ministry somewhere else, even if I was put in a box, per se, you know, where, okay, well, now this is your job, man, there are some things, you know, we have people that live in our home, about three adults that live in our home at our time. Um, We're constantly bringing people over, having Bible studies, talking to people, going to lunch with people. And there's just this discipleship and this love for people and sharing a word that it's not attached to a title. It's not attached to a position. If, if I was a mechanic and I got, you know, no longer had a church pastor, I would still be doing those things, not out of necessity uh, or like a, 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 an obligation, but just because I think there's a, when you find your, your peace and who God has made you to be, you know, he just moves through us. He just moves through this. And you know what? Maybe that turns into a podcast. Maybe that turns into a huge social media, you know, following. And honestly, on the other side of this rest, you have no idea what God is going to do with you. You, your 26,000 followers in five years could look like chump change. You know what I mean? Where you're the next, I don't even know who, cause I don't, watch those people, but you know, and, and it, who knows, God has good and perfect works for you, for me, for everyone. Ephesians two ten says, for we are created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he set out beforehand for mm-hmm. us to walk in. Yeah. So I think the biggest struggle is just, you know, um, letting go of the striving, letting go of the, Oh, I've got to do this. Or if I could just do this, this would happen. Like, man, at the end of the day, what I hear you saying, what I know the Lord has showed me, you know, the message for, for anybody listening is, man, God's in control, right? Yeah. We can just, we can rest. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And I know during during a time of, of a lot of struggle for me, man, I was a full-time Shriner student or university student. I was doing graphic design, a lot of work. I was running a ministry and a Bible school. I was also pastoring. I also was married. I had had probably four kids at the time. I got five kids now. I mean, my life, I had people living in my house. I'd come home at 1030 at night, been gone all day. And there's people waiting to talk to me. I mean, my life was crazy, man. And it was really easy to do a lot of these things and realize I was not having any time to just hear from the Lord myself. And Mm -hmm. I just ended up so dry on a couple occasions. And I, three times in the same year, I preached the message of uh, Mary and Martha, where Martha, she's serving and she's doing all these things. And Mary really should have been helping her. But Mary is just over here like, man, Jesus is in the room, dog. Like, I'm, she's just sitting at his feet, you know, yeah. and she's just hearing his words. And Martha gets upset, like, Jesus, aren't you going to tell her to come and help me? Mm-hmm. And he just says, Martha you are distracted and and worried about many things. And he says, one thing is needed. She has chosen that good part and what she has chosen will not be taken away from her. And there is just the season of God teaching me that over and over and over and over that I had to just rest in him and give up any control, give up any idea of what the future might be. Cause at Uh the end of the day, if, if it's God's will, it's going to come to pass. And he really, not only does he not need our help, 
but we're not even strong enough to ruin it. <laughs> really, if that's what God is planning to do, you you and I are not strong enough to ruin God's plan. If devil if the devil couldn't ruin God's plan, either can you, neither can I. And so yeah. we can let go of those things. And I, I see a lot, man, um, where if we, especially in the younger generation, I'm only 28, you know, so I'm, I'm still in that, that category, but you know, people who have a lot of energy and a lot of the desire, but man, they can't even sit still in a room quietly with just their hearts open between them and the Lord, because there's just something, something not founded there, you know? Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to read this next verse. So in, Second Corinthians five, as we're talking about identity, and I'm going to, I'm going to pass this back to you here in just a second, my brother. And, uh, second Corinthians five is so pivotal for an understanding of who we are in Christ and what our identity should be. And so we already read, I think, did we read it? Maybe not. Let me, let me read this. Second Corinthians five, 14 and 15 for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he, Jesus, died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. And it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which is probably one of the most famous uh, verses of the New Testament. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And, and so there is this laying down of, of who we want to be, of who we used to be, and just being really, really ready to receive, you know, what is the new life Jesus has for us? And, and even though that that's a come to Jesus type of scenario, that's really in every season I have found, and you, you'll probably agree with this, that in every season, I've had to do that all over again, lay down what I think I'm doing. Okay, this is the direction I think I'm going. This is the plan I think I'm having. And I learned the hard way that that the Jesus plan from last season doesn't work in this season. You know, there you can't copy and paste. And so all over again, just learning um, to to hey, there's a this is a new time. Old things are gone. What what does yeah. God have for me now? Yeah, I, I think uh, that's that, that verse of Jesus where it's like talking about new wine and then you need new wineskins. Um, and I think that's that's kind of where we're at with with some of this stuff. Um, I think uh, I think that there there's all sorts of opportunities for for pastors um, and ministers and people who want to make influence in this new generation um, to find ways to minister in this in this spot. Um, and I think there is uh, there is so much good ministry it's already happening there's some great people who are really killing it on these things um my my journey right now is taking me through a, a moment of humility a moment of moment of pause um in order for me to be found closer to jesus um but i was thinking about this when you were talking i was thinking about how um if we find ourselves centered in who christ is as opposed to who we are then no matter what the situation is that's happening in our lives, we will always be able to re return to who Jesus is. We will mm -hmm. always be able to be called to that moment. If I am the sum of my greatest moment, well, then I'm also the sum of my worst moment, which means uh, that I could give you a laundry list of the person I am, um, 
in my lowest times. And that person is not an influencer. That person is not somebody worth following. That person is somebody uh, who has got lots of problems and lots of insecurities and lots of other things going on that, that aren't worth following. Um, and so uh, if I believe the hype when all the stuff is going right, mm. then when everything crashes down, it means the low is going to be lower. And, mm. uh, and, and that's that lonely sinking feeling of looking so much for who you are in, in who you are um, and finding yourself lonely and wanting yeah. and broken. And so I think that when Christ says, I'm the rock, that's a foundational step that doesn't move, you know, uh, when we, when we, when we say, Hey, I'm looking for who I am and, and who I am and just kind of keep searching for it. You're going to find out that you're finite, that you're mortal, that you have a, a day that you, you, you were born a day that you die. You're going to find all out what, what King Solomon found out in Ecclesiastes. And it's not mm. going to be fun. It's not going to be a fun thing. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to anchor myself in the person who calls himself my anchor and I'm going to find myself in him and I'm going to rest in being an image bearer of the most high God. And if I can do that, then I think that I won't see myself um, as too high and I won't see myself as too low. I will be able to create what I said in my post, something true, something honest and something worthy because I'm centered on the person who is true, who is honest and who is worthy. Bro, I'm writing that down. I'm going to, I'm going to, next time you ever come down to my office, I'm going to have this plastered on my wall, make something true, honest, and worthy. We're going to, we're going to trademark that. We're going to have t-shirts. Okay. You over here, camera guy, get this. No, I'm just kidding. There's no camera guy over there. It's just me. Uh, <laughs> no, there we really go. Well, that, that's the thing is that the second it turns into a racket is when it stops being <laughs> worthy and honest. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I think it I just went against the whole point. <laughs> when it turns into so a guys, t-shirt, it's like, <laughs> that's how not to uh walk in your identity <laughs> no oh man that's good that's, that's good you know and I, I gotta say this man i gotta say this too just for everyone else who is is uh listening what what is actually to me so important and so powerful about the conversation that i'm having with you specifically with you is we're talking about pride we're talking about motives. We're talking about identity. And brother, I don't know you real well, but I know you well enough to say you are not a prideful person. You are not a, a you know, when, when we think about prideful people, there are a lot of people who they kind of wear that, you know, yeah. and I, I don't see you as a prideful person. I don't see you as a selfish person. I've heard your heart and it's not that, but I think that's why it's so powerful that this conversation is coming from you because all of us, nobody's exempt from these temptations. Nobody's exempt from, you know, pride trying to come up and show its face. And it's not just the open, arrogant pride. It's the little, the little thoughts of the heart and the little intentions that, that we have to be willing to identify and, and shut down, you know, and some people, you know, the, the, the real battle is one in the mind, in the heart. In James chapter one, it says that sin comes from our desires and so if we can identify our desires and our motives and if we can if we can cut those down by turning back to putting our desire on christ then we the outward 
you know, things, we, we kind of win that war, you know? And so I just, I just, I just want to say that publicly that I appreciate you, 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 you have a great heart, you know what I mean? And your vulnerability um, being part of this podcast to me is amazing. It even, it even speaks to that reality of your character. So here's what I want to do. Um, one more, one more uh, passage, and then we're going to open up just for questions, guys, please. If you're watching, we've already had uh, several comments on here. We'd love to take your questions for TJ. If you have any questions, we'd love to, to read your comments. We're going to have a little bit of time for that. And so as we, as we wrap up this discussion of identity, I just want to read 2 Corinthians 5, 21, or 20 and 21, which says, Now then, we are. This is who we are. We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And every time we come to that, that understanding of what's going on in our heart, every time there's repentance, every time there's an identification of something that's just a little odd, uh, off and we just minister the gospel to ourselves again that it's not about me my strength my purpose it's about the lord there's that ministry of reconciliation verse 21 for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god and so just such a beautiful thing that's who we are you know it's it's not about us and it's not about our failures. It's not about our successes. It's about resting and walking in, in, in Jesus and listening and praying and asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? And wherever he sends you, whatever person is in front of you to love, to just love. If you have the opportunity yeah. to speak, to just speak. And rather you do or don't do is, is irrelevant. What's The only thing that's relevant is are you doing or not doing because the Lord has called you to it. Um, so just want to open up a little bit of time for questions. It's uh, comments here. If anybody has any uh, on my current platform, I can't see the number of current viewers to know how many people are, are currently even able to do that. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll leave this going just for a minute. I'll just keep talking here. By the way, I have a, here's my number for anybody interested. Uh, 1-210-361-9576. Um, if you want to, please. Hey, Taryn Phillips, what's up, my brother? You came in late or what? You missed uh, you missed the show. Hey, Taryn, Taryn's on the line. Um, hey, I love Taryn. Taryn was with us in Israel. Love that guy. Yeah, he also, yeah. man, has crazy video skills. He's got his little gamble or gimbal. I guess it's called a gimbal. And uh, right. y'all guys make me jealous. I hate messing around with video. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so for anybody listening, this is my number one two one zero three six one nine five seven six. And if you text that, uh, just say hello. I have it set up where you're going to get an automated response. It'll ask you to save your number into my contact list. And then every time I'm going live, every time we're having baptisms, every time God is moving, you're going to get a really short just text message. Hey, this is what's going on. And if I have a long update, there'll be a link so you can look at it or not. And you'll always know what's happening. I invite you to, to join my contact. You can text me back on that. I'll get it. Um, <laughs> he said he learned from you, TJ. Yeah. That's where he got yeah. all his video skills. Ah, oh, dude, I love that guy. He's always killing pigs and uh, and and doing it in the name of Jesus. So, I mean, Jesus killed pigs. So, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that verse, but uh, yeah. he sent some demons into some pigs. And, and so, I, whenever I picture 
Taron, I picture of him just like in the name of Jesus running a bunch of pigs off a cliff. Um, and I, I, it's not accurate, but it's how I picture him. So I'm gonna. Yeah, well, if, if the demons that are being sent are referenced to 308 rounds, then <laughs> probably. Okay, we got a uh, James O'Brien here. I got on late, so if you already talked about this, no worries. But what's a time when either of you were maybe starting to get prideful, but God used someone that you were ministering to to help you stay? humble oh man that's a good question yeah that's that that's that nathan the prophet moment uh king david was going um haywire and someone stepped up and said hey uh i need you to not be this you know um i got a story about that um so i uh i got this truck which i love um taryn when i drive my truck i think about you too because i have this big lift four by four, um, which has become an idol in my life, which maybe I should repent of too, but I love it too much to let it go yet. Um, I love it more than my 26,000 followers on TikTok. Uh, and so I, uh, I, I have this truck and, uh, uh, I was about ready to go on vacation with, um, my family. And, uh, all of a sudden I noticed that there was a scratch in my truck and where there wasn't before. And, I got kind of mad and uh, I started, I was like, who is this? And I could just tell um, that my oldest, you know, when they kind of start to shrink down and, you know, like avoid the situation, I'm like, what happened here? And, uh, and I was mad, like, uh, like just straight up mad. Um, and, uh, and it's that moment of um, there's a thing that I have in my life. Now this is maybe just pride, but this is just, you know, this is just me in the moment being so angry at my my child um because he took something from me you know like we, we, my truck is no longer as crisp as it was or something like that you know and we're supposed to go on vacation and all the way to our vacation spot which is like about an hour away um i'm just mad i'm just mad the whole time and no one's talking in the car because no one wants to poke the bear because that's who i become in that moment and my uh my son like all of a sudden breaks the silence and uh, he taps him on my shoulder and he goes, Hey dad, I, I want you to have this. Um, and maybe you could sell it uh, to fix your truck. And it's his pride possession. He's a baseball card collector. And he had this Aaron judge rookie card that has like a piece of a game used ball on it. It's, it's worth like 50 bucks, right? Like it's his coolest card that he had. And I, and I look at it and I just start to cry because I realize that like, it's not about stuff. And in this moment, like my son is displaying more character than his dad um, because he's giving up something um, in order to make me feel good. And I am not doing any of those things. And uh, I remember in that moment thinking about the Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is like that movie. And I was thinking about how the dad had that car. And I was thinking, I don't even have a Ferrari. It's just a Silverado, you know? Uh, and I would never want my son to know, to think that I cared more about a thing than I did about mm -hmm. my family. And so that moment I had to repent. I had to like sit my family down and, uh, and tell everyone I was sorry that they're more important than anything that I ever had in my life. And, and uh, Max got to keep his baseball card and I got to keep my scratch in the truck. And uh Every day I go by that scratch, I think of that moment of uh, of of being reminded um, in a gentle way that uh, it's yeah. not about. Man, kids, golly, you want to talk about being humbled? 
whoo, just talk to your kids. There are some times I'm getting on to my kids and I'm saying, you know, if you, it doesn't matter what, just, if you would just listen to it, blah, blah, whatever I'm saying, you know, and the, I just hear the Lord say, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's funny. Likewise, uh, I had a moment where my, my oldest, he's nine and dude, he's just such an amazing kid. He's so helpful. He loves everybody. Um, but he's also just impulsive and he gets crazy sometimes for no reason and uh, can just be very hard. He just has these outbursts suddenly where he's such hard to deal with. And I remember one time having to basically force him into his bed because he was just, just not wanting to, to cooperate. And I was just so angry. Um, not that he wasn't listening, but because it had been kind of a thing. I was just kind of just upset and I'm turning off the light. He's like, but dad, wait. And I'm like, no, you know, you just need to sit there quietly for a minute. We're not going to talk right now. And I'm walking out the, the room and, but aren't you going to pray? And I'm like, dang oh. it. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I can't, I can't tell him no, you know? <laughs> and so I come back, but then I'm supposed to pray and I'm like mad and I'm like, can't even pray. And I'm like, okay, Lord, like, this is definitely a check right now. Like if I'm having a hard time just sitting here and praying for my son, like there's a problem in my heart, not in the situation. And man, I'll never forget that, man. It was just like, Oh, he got me so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, man. They hold the mirror right up to you. Right. Cause they're little images of you. (laughs) Such a a tough situation to find yourself in. And uh, I realize now, like when I was a kid, I used to think, man, adults know what they're doing you know like that's what i used to think and now that i'm an adult and with kids i'm always just like man i was a lie they were just like me they didn't know what they're doing and uh and we're all just kind of broken people trying to make this work so it's good stuff yeah. man. well guys we're out of time thank you so much for joining us thank you tj man you are amazing i hope that the lord continues to bless you bless your platform i, I pray that as you seek jesus that he just does amazing things with it. Um, again, for everybody's listening, please feel free to text me, um, save your number into my phone, save my number. Let's continue. If you have converse or questions, if you have prayer needs, feel free to text me on this line and I will respond yeah. as quickly as I can. Courtney, um, had a question, where can I find this podcast later? So, uh, I record almost every week live on Tuesdays at three, except for the weeks I'm preaching. And so the, the video will be posted on my on my Facebook page. Wherever you're watching this right now, click on my name, Darren Miller. Like my page. You'll be able to see this. As, it'll be posted um, as a full video as well as on YouTube. And if you look me up on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts or on Spotify, I'll have the audio version of this available within about 24 hours of now sometime when I get to it, basically. I'm not the most organized. Don't tell anybody I said that. Uh, but... So that's where you can find those. And so again, thank you all so much and God bless.